This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ooh, that was Jack. What you just heard mm-hmm. was a really killer 8-bit version of our theme song that you threw together. Oh, yeah? It was really well made. Are you sure it wasn't just ripped from the Ninja Gaiden intro and not our theme song at all? Because I don't know how to do an 8-bit version of our theme song. It was possibly one of those two things. Yeah. Now, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm looking at my watch here. Uh-huh. It's Thursday. Uh-huh. Our show doesn't come out on Thursdays, the Babysitter's Club Club. No. There's also a distinct um, viva voce-ness. Right. To the quality of our audio. Yes. Should we address... Well, let's address three things. Right. The other thing, as we all saw, yeah, this episode is somehow about the 1989 NES game... Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden Let's and, just get and, the, that out. and the novelization thereof. Mm-hmm. Let's address them in order. Okay. Thursday. Thursday, normally reserved for the hit, but not quite as hit as Babysitter's Club Club podcast, Little Sister, Little Episodes. Yep. Some would say, I mean, a lot of people say they're, they actually prefer the Little Sister, Little Episodes. They say they're better. Yeah. I and mean, by a lot of people, you mean... No one so far. Well, I know one person. Okay. Okay. But it's this is not that. Okay. This is not a little sister little episode. No. This is a big ninja. It's a world. Big episode. It's a world of power. It's a world of power. And here we are together. Uh-huh. Together. You are five feet away from me. In a city of power, Mexico City. Yep. That'll... Which you'll hear about in a few weeks, baby nation. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yep. Yep. We are both in Mexico City. We flew down here just to record this special episode on the FX9 novel, Worlds of Power, number three, Ninja Gaiden, penned by FX9 and A.L. Singer. Which is an anagram, as we know, for Laranges. FX9 is not a anagram for anything, but it does happen to be marketing genius Seth Godin. Seth Godin. For some reason. <laughs> well, only a marketing genius could come up with a name like FX9 off the top of his or her head. Baby Nation, as we discussed on Monday's episode, mm-hmm. for some reason in the 80s, marketing genius Seth Godin <laughs> decided that he wanted to Write a series of novels, or hire ghostwriters to write a series of novels about NES games. Mm -hmm. And amongst those ghostwriters was one A.L. Singer, Mm -hmm. whom you might recognize as Peter Larangis. The great sweet Peter Larangis, and as you will remember from Monday's episode... There was a girl named Jaquay. Who reminded everyone who has ever read this book of the Jaquio, a character from Ninja Gaiden, which set us on this path... Irrevocably. So, so here we are. We flew all the way to Mexico City just to read this book <laughs> and record this episode. Yep. Um, Seth Godin, the invoices in the mail <laughs> for the trip. <laughs> we read The Worlds of Power, number three, Ninja Gaiden, published by Scholastic. Yeah. 
Published by Scholastic, and as it says on page number two, mm-hmm. this book is not authorized, sponsored, or endorsed by Nintendo of America Incorporated. All right, Scholastic. Now the tables are turned because we've been on the lam from the Scholastic lawyers for two years now, fearing their wrath. Yep. And yet they're perfectly happy to write an unauthorized novel that. I can tell you as a man who played the Ninja Gaiden game for some hundreds of hours yeah. is very, very close to the plot of Nintendo's Ninja Gaiden starring Ryu Hayabusa. Can I ask real quick? Yeah. What edition did you get here? What edition? So we've got, we actually, we have physical books. Which yeah, we have nice. physical books that we got on eBay. 1990s Seth Godin Productions, printed in the USA, first scholastic printing, printing. July yeah. 1990. So we each are in possession of a first edition. First edition. Worlds of Power number three, Ninja Gaiden. Now, I'm yeah. not super certain that there was a second edition on this. No. But these are originals. These are originals. This book that I'm holding in my hand mm-hmm. was printed when I was but six years old. Wow. How old are you? 11? I was but 11. This was like, right, you were the target audience for this book. I I loved it today when I read it, and I would have fucking loved it then. Not only, Baby Nation, does this book contain the full story of Ryu Hayabusa, including his boss battles. Oh, yeah. Which uh, were very brief. But this book is chock full of game hints. Oh, yeah. I love to think about Pete... Yeah. Seth, his buddy, marketing genius, Seth <laughs> calls him one day and he's yeah. like, uh, I can't get my kids, I can't get my nephew to read any books. He just yeah. plays these dang video games all day. Pete, can you get in there? Use your magic, your word magic. Open your word hoard. I'm going to send you a copy of this game, Ninja Gaiden. You're the best writer I know. Yeah. And Pete's just sitting there playing it, playing it, playing it, trying to like get yeah. the story out of this. And he's like, getting good. Yeah, you got to get know. good, because if you want the story, if you want the full story, because Ninja Gaiden had these like amazing cutscenes. Yeah. But if you want the full story, if you want to know what happens with the Jaquio and the Barbarian and the Mouth and all these bosses, acid, you got to beat them. You got to beat them. And then Pete's like, you know what? I think I got this boss yeah. down. And yeah. then he's like, I'm going to put little hints at the end of every chapter. So good. To tell the kids of America how to beat Barbarian, Jaquito. And then... Seth Godin really got... We're going to describe this novel to you, Baby Nation, because I know that's what you're clamoring for, because I'm sure you all grew up on this novel <laughs> as true fans of the Babysitter's Club. Uh, but Seth Godin, his intention with writing these books was to introduce kids who are obsessed with video games to literature by hitting them where they live. Right. Uh, but he went a little far in his happy reading section. <laughs> Is there a happy reading section? Yeah, the happy reading section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he recommends, like, if you liked this. Dear reader, I hope you liked reading Ninja Gaiden. Here's a list of some other books that I thought you might enjoy. Banner in the Sky by James Ullman. The Count of Monte Cristo by <laughs> Alexandra Dumas. The Karate Kid by B.B. Hiller. My Side of the Mountain by Jean Craighead George. <laughs> The Scarlet Pimpernel by Emuska Orgsky. Mm-hmm. Do you know that name? Uh, yeah, I read it as a kid. I and loved the, it. And The 39 Steps by John Buchan. Dear reader, I hope you enjoyed reading the novelization of the Ninja Gaiden side-scrolling well, action-adventure Nintendo game. Here are some other books you might enjoy. James Joyce's Masterpiece, <laughs> Finnegan's Wake, The Complete Works of Proust. 
Let's recall that what Seth Godin set out to do with these Worlds of Power novelizations was to get his nephew reading more. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he's going to come out and say, like, here's some more books. Just just Kids of America, Jack Shepard, 11-year-old Jack Shepard. I would have loved this. Just fucking read. Yeah. Just read something. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Jack, Mm -hmm. this book that Seth Godin and Pete Larangis put together is dedicated to the ninja in everyone is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be, that's Pete, man. Pete was like, Pete was like, Seth, I don't know what you've rubbed me into, but I'm gonna find a way to have fun with it. And this book is for the ninja in everyone's dead. dad. <laughs> what even does that mean? Seth was like, should we just say the book is dedicated to the ninja and everyone? Pete's like, nah. no, 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 no. And you know what's awesome about this, Tanner, is it's a logical paradox, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it this... just goes all the way up to God. Oh, he's, that's God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But this inscription excludes everyone. Right. If, if you're one of everyone, right. this isn't for you. No. It's for your, it's for it's your, for your dad. ninja dad. Right. <laughs> the ninja in your dad. The ninja in your dad. But also... Yeah. Your dad is included in everyone. Right. And we mean his dad. Yeah. And then, like, that's where the paradox happens. The great ninja in the sky. Yeah, the great ninja in the sky. God. God and the ninja inside of him. Tanner, I'm going to describe this book, then you're going to describe the book. Do we I will need begin to do that? now. The Journey with Ninja Ryu pages. deep into the mysterious Amazon jungle to battle a deadly force of incredible power. The legendary demon is about to awake from its 700 year nap, and only the ninja can save the world from destruction. The complete story of the Nintendo action-adventure game with loads of game-solving hints throughout. Tanner, would you like to describe this book? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you want me to... Oh, you want me to do it now? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> what happened, man? You just read it. Ninja action. Okay. The stage is set for conspiracy, mystery, and evil in America. <laughs> Come with Ninja Ryu as he takes you on his fateful journey. Tecmo's unique cinema display system develops a story <laughs> stage by stage. You piece together the puzzles while watching the movie-like graphics. Decide what action to take. Use the secret sword and items collected during your action scenes to <laughs> fight your way to the goal. It's such a good game. Yeah. It's such a good game. So uh, we'll, we'll try to muddle through it. Let's muddle through it together here. Okay. This is a new podcast. It's Ninja, Ninja Gaiden Club. Yeah, well, it's the Worlds of Power Club. It's the Worlds of Power Club. Because we also bought a couple other Worlds of Power books. (laughs) Blaster Master. Yeah, uh, Mega Man 2. Yeah. Let's talk about this book very Let's talk about this book. So I'm looking at the cover. I don't know if you picked up on it, but what I just read was the back cover of the Nintendo Entertainment System game. 1989, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Great game. I'm looking at the cover of this game and the cover of this book, for that matter. Uh Uh-huh. Depicted on the cover mm-hmm. is a full-grown man mm-hmm. with ropey, glistening, muscly arms, mm-hmm. and he's in a full ninja outfit. Yeah, and he's in a burning New York City, mm-hmm. <laughs> just troubling. Yeah, because the game takes place in South America, <laughs> and so does the book. Uh-huh. And in the book, he's a thirteen-year-old boy. Now, am I? <laughs> Am I to believe that this man on the cover of the book and the NES game 
is a 13-year-old boy? There's a lot going on here with Ryu Hayabusa's age. Pete has chosen to make him 13 years old. Yeah, weird choice. There are a few things throughout the book that seem to belie that. At one point, a bunch of college-age bullies... Sorry, to back up one step. Yeah. He is in a college town seeking a professor to get a dragon statue. Mm -hmm. And after he is turned away by campus security... He goes to a bar right, to just unwind <laughs> yeah. a little bit. He just goes to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> to just kind of kill some time, wait for this professor to show up. Uh, Where a number of bullies decide to beat him up. College-age bullies. Which is a mistake because he's a ninja, but also... 13. 13. <laughs> Later, to Pete. he has a very flirtatious relationship with a red-headed... CIA agent <laughs> called Sea Sparrow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shannon Kilborn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you think that this Well and it would be, right? Because it's Pete. Right. No, you no, think no. these this book is part of the Cineverse. Why why would why would Pete have led us here otherwise? If you look at this cover closely, it yeah. is an almost exact recreation of the cover to the novel, which we haven't read yet, The Fire at Marianne's House. Okay. Except with a ninja instead of Marianne and New York on fire instead of Marianne's house on fire. Yep. But otherwise, a perfect note-for-note recreation of that classic Hodges Swallow Babysitter's Club cover. Yeah. Can you describe what Ryu is doing on the cover of this book, Jack? He's doing that like a selfie face, but yeah. and he's, he's got his fist out. Showing us his fist? Yeah. Crouching down? Do you, now, why do you think his fist looks like that? He's clenching his fist. And, like, like, he's po- giving and us, like showing it to us. Like he's giving us a fist bump. Hello. Hello. Yeah, like he's going to give us a fist bump. Yes. Now look at this. Okay. Tanner's showing me something now. He's turned his computer around because we're here present. It's the Ninja Gaiden... NES game box art. NES game box, and he has a knife in his it's fist. It's got like a, little, like a little dagger. So... Why do you think they've... Oh, I... I just realized. I was going to say, why do you think they took away his little dagger? And I guarantee I know why. Why? This book is not authorized, sponsored, or endorsed by Nintendo of America Incorporated. (laughs) But wait, they completely copied the whole thing except the dagger? Except they took away his little dagger, yeah. I think Pete maybe... He didn't want him to be too powerful. He didn't want all of the Babysitter's Club fans who followed him to Worlds of Power to think about... He's fine with slicing someone with a katana blade. Yeah. I think what he but thought was like the 11-year-old Jack Shepherds of this world would yeah. have a really hard time getting their hands on a katana, Yeah, but could conceivably <laughs> get their hands on a small dagger yeah. or knife, Right, and he didn't want to encourage that. Fair. Well, so this is just one of the many points of comparison between these two worlds, this world and the world of the Sitterverse. Uh-huh. This novel is very similar to The Babysitter's Club in its treatment of the supernatural and the infernal. Okay. Uh, it's a novel about a demon that awakens at the time of the dark moon. Yep. It's also a novel about half cyborg, half human sentient AIs. Named Mouth in this case, though Claudia Kishi in the case of the, the Sitterverse. Yep. Uh, Pete Larangis has chosen to make Ryu Hayabusa, who is very obviously at the very youngest in his early 20s, in this case 13, just like these girls. Yep. And... To hell with any of the narrative problems that ensue from that, such as the fact that he's dating a CIA agent. Yep. 
I think you may well have noticed that Dr. Smith, the archaeologist character in this book, his office is in room 217, which is just one number off from <laughs> room 216. Yep. The number of Marianne's homeroom, yeah. which we've talked about time and time again, which first appears in the novel Logan Likes Marianne, the first novel where the demons are introduced into the Sitterverse. I could go on and on and on. Ryu is missing his father. His father fled his family when he was but an infant. And now we're talking about symbolically killing the father, which is the main point of comparison between these two novels. It's something that Pete is obsessed with. The fact that we have to kill our father symbolically in order to become an adult, to escape from the amber that has trapped us in perpetual youth. Christy has done it time and time again. She is constantly facing up to the sins of her father running away by symbolically killing him, sometimes in the form of her brothers, sometimes in the form of other toxic men in her life. And Ryu Hayabusa literally kills his, kills his father, father in this game. In this game. In the form of and in this novel, the masked devil. The masked devil. Jack, I've I played this game when I was younger, but mm-hmm. as stated before, it came out when I was five, mm-hmm. so I don't remember much of it. In the novelization, Ryu faces off against the main bad guy, Jacqui. The Jacqui Grant in the Babysitters Club novels, the Jacquio. In the Jacquio, right? Text. The Jacquio kidnaps Ryu's father and warps him mm-hmm. into a hulking, demon-like monster called the Masked Devil. Yeah. And then Rio is facing the mass devil, but then leaves mm-hmm. and finds his way to a room where there's a small, like, robot version of the mass devil. Uh, it's a statue, yep. That's and then he, what's controlling him. He blows it up. With his sword? With his sword. Mm-hmm. And he goes back. Thereby breaking the spell. Okay. And that happens in the game, too? Yeah, so in the game, when you get to the final level... Spoilers for Ninja Gaiden, the 1989 uh, Nintendo game. When you get to the final level, uh, the first thing, you think you're going to fight the Jaquio, but instead the Jaquio makes you fight a masked creature. When you defeat the masked creature, it turns out that it is, in fact, your father uh, who has been under Jaquio's thrall. Then Jaquio, in his anger that you have defeated your father, shoots a fireball at you. Ryoha Hayabusa's father jumps in front of the fireball. Dies, also Ken, which doesn't Ken happen in this book. Come on, Ken and Ryu, Street Fighter. Yeah, dies. Yeah, saving his son for good. Right. In this book, he comes back. Right. Father coming back. Something there. Something there. Yeah. Then you fight the Jaquio. Then you fight the demon that's awakened. And I think this is what's going to happen in the BSC. I think this is this is a taste. You think this is okay? Yeah. This is this is Chris's um, father's going to come back. This is like. What Pete is doing here is yeah. like a comedian testing out new material. Right. He's like, I got I got some ideas for my main right. hustle. Yeah, my, my tight 20, my tw- tight 40, my Comedy Central special. Yeah, but I, I need to like find a place to test this out. Right. And he's going to test it out on idiot boys like 11-year-old Jack Shepard. Right. The worst of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where a lot of this stuff came from, I guess. And that all sh- kind of showed up in the Babysitter's Club eventually. Yeah. Demons, fire. Right. Absent fathers. CIA. CIA operatives. Operatives. A dark timeline. Yep. The dark timeline. 
this book, and I presume the video game, despite the cover of New York being set ablaze, takes place in South America, right, in the jungles of Peru, mm-hmm. where the temple is, right, where Shinobi, another NES game, mm-hmm. defeated the king of the demons. I think it's actually an Atari game, but on yes, the day of the dark moon, right. Um, thus sealing him away in for a, 700 years in two statues. A dark one and a light one? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Yep. A dark one and a bright one. Mm-hmm. Starring Wells Manville. And Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Yep. So this is where it all comes from, huh? Yeah. This, this is, is it. the this entire is... mythos. Yeah. Woo, Pete. Pete. And you, you, and you hid it from us. You didn't think we'd follow you here. You Pete. hid it from us, hey, A.L.? But we did. Yeah. We did, and here we are, inside a world of power. Yep. My goodness, Tanner. Who would have thought that our circuitous journey would have taken us here to this world of power? The novelization of the 1989 Nintendo game Konami? No. No? Tecmo. Tecmo. Nintendo game Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. God, what a faithful rendering of this game this was, but with Pete's trademark sense of humor. Yeah. And his wit and his prose. Yeah. Jack, did you this week catch a... <gasps> Should we call it something else? What's his, what's his move? The spin, spinning... Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a fire that Ryu has. Um, and he uses it, and this is actually a liberty that Pete takes. He uses the fire technique on some bosses that you would probably be better using your shuriken on uh, in the game. Art of the fire wheel. The art of the fire wheel. Jack, did you, this week, yeah. did you have a... Did yeah. Let me hear it. This book is full of them because it's Pete Larangis. Yeah, of course. Or Ale Singer. Should we just say Ale Singer? Ale Singer. Let's, Let's not blow him up. Yeah. Like he obviously wanted some privacy it's on our this. Bit. It's, it, Pete Larangis goes by three names, all of which are anagrams for Larangis. Pete Larangis when he's writing the Babysitter's Club books, Ale Singer when he's writing the Worlds of Power books, yep. and J.D. Salinger when, when he's, he's writing, writing the Catcher in the Rye Catcher stuff. in the Rye. Yep. Yeah. This week, my... Wheel of Fire? Art of the Fire Wheel. Art of the Fire Wheel of the Week. Okay, I've got, a, I've got a few good ones. Okay, well, here's one that I really liked. Yeah. Early on in the novel is a flashback to Ken Hayabusa, Ryu's father. Right, with his partner. His partner, Dr. Sm- Randolph uh, Wimple. W- Randolph Wimple. His partner... Dr. Randolph Wimple yeah. that are searching in the jungle for the demon statue. Yep. <laughs> Which is, they're in like way too good of a mood for what's about to happen to yeah. them. Yeah. But they have some good banter. And the piece of banter that I want to read to you is actually what happens when they discover the demon statue and out of nowhere appears a monster. Yep. The following thing happens Standing in front of Ken was a creature. It was human, but only barely. Each foot had three enormous claws, its bare chest rippled with muscles that looked like cast iron. Deadly sharp ram horns jutted out of the steel mask that covered its face. In its right hand, it held a sword. In its left, 
a gleaming shield emblazoned with the letter J. And when it spoke, the ground shook. Give me the statues, it demanded. Not on your life, sheep face, <laughs> Dr. Hayabusa said. Good. <laughs> Very good. That was also my um, art of the flaming the wheel of the... Art of the fire wheel? Art of the fire wheel? Yeah. Of the week. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i an evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch at any time, no additional charge. Uh, go check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, I've got some more. Do you? Yeah. You found a lot, huh? So you'll notice in that passage, yeah. the sheep face guy, who it turns out is mouth. But the letter J on the shield is Jaquia. for Jaquia. Right. To signal mouth's attachment to Jaquia Grant or Jaquia, depending on which universe you're more familiar with. Well, same universe. Right. We just got done establishing it's the same universe. It's the same universe. The J shows his allegiance to Jaquia's Grant. Jaquie Grant. Right. Right. The crime girl who 
gives wine to the other crime girls at the You For Me concert. Yep. Causing Stacy and a number of crime girls yep, to yep, be arrested. Yep. And Baby Notion knows all this, okay. obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, but in this novel, Jaqui has a sidekick called Mouth who has a J on his shield. Later, Ryu, Ken's son, faces him to avenge his father. He looks at the J on the shield and he says, J for Jaquio. And Pete has done a pretty nice little interpolation here. Uh-huh. J for Jaquio, Ryu said fearlessly. I like that. He said it fearlessly. Okay. How do you say something fearlessly? You want to try saying J for Jaquio fearlessly? Yeah. But first, say it fearfully. Okay. J for Jaquio. <laughs> Good. Jaquio. <laughs> that's, that's how you say J for Jaquio fearfully. Yeah. Now, Tanner, Baby Nation, Tanner is going to tell you how to say. Is it Ninja Nation, probably? Ninja Nation. Yeah. Should we start calling Baby Nation Ninja Nation in like the regular that. episodes? I would like that a lot. Because I like the the alliteration. Yeah, I like Ninja the, Nation. I like the energy that that yeah. brings. Okay. Well, so Ninja Nation, now Tanner is going to tell you how to say J for Jaquio fearlessly. Huh. <laughs> J for Jaquio? <laughs> Said Ryu fearlessly. Is that so you don't lose it? Yeah. <laughs> And Mouth says to Ryu, a despicable sense of humor. I guess it runs in the family. Oh, so you think Ken is funny too? Yeah. Ken must have done a pretty... Uh, yeah, he did a good burn and we uh, we read it. Oh, Sheepface. Sheepface. Yeah. Still uh, kind of singed from that one. 13 years later and he's still feeling later. that one. He's not loving that Sheepface. Yeah. He wakes up in the middle of the night sometimes and he's like, fuck Sheepface. <laughs> uh, my only other burn of the week this week, Tanner, yeah. is a burn... <laughs> Oh, wait, it's not a burn of the week. I'm sorry. Ninja Nation. Ninja Nation. It's a fire oh, wheel. Oh, right. Uh, Art of the Fire Wheel. Art of the Fire Wheel of the week this yeah. week. It's, it's a surprise that I keep forgetting it because it is very easy to remember. It's a Art of the Fire Wheel of the Week, Baby Nation, and it is from Dr. Randolph Wimple. Right. Who later changes his name to Dr. Smith. Randolph Smith after right. they enact Plan F. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we describe these books to you, Baby Nation, in yep. detail because they're very complicated. Yeah. Um, Dr. Wimple is bantering with Ken Hayabusa because Ken has taken with him on this archaeological expedition. All he's taken with him is the clothes on his back and a, and a ninja sword. Yep. None of the other explorers before us had the sophisticated tracking devices we have, said Ken. The weaponry, the communication setup. Yeah. And the space-age technology like your sword, Dr. Wimple said dryly. Very good. <laughs> I want to remind you, Baby Nation, that this book takes place in 1990. Yeah. It's a book that takes place in 1990 about a 13-year-old boy yeah. who becomes a ninja master in Japan, leaves his home country mm-hmm. to go to Peru mm-hmm. to seek his father's former colleague, Mm-hmm. Who can send him to a temple in the jungle, right? Where he can avenge his father's death and hopefully prevent a demon from rising during the dark moon when the light statue, the bright statue, the bright statue starring Will Smith and the dark statue come together. Yep, something we need to be worried about. Yep, thereby causing the end of the world. Right, and there are actually several agents at play here. Mm-hmm. There's the, the Hayabasu's. Mm-hmm. And 
Dr. Wimple. Mm-hmm. There's... Shannon Kilborn and Foss... Sorry. The agent... Sea Sparrow. Sea uh, Sparrow. A.K.A. AKA Shannon. Irene, a.k.a. Shannon, Shannon Kilborn. Kilborn. And her contact, mm-hmm. her handler... Foster. Foster. Mm-hmm. They're with the CIA. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Jaquie. Jaquie Grant. Grant. Right. Christie's contemporary in the eighth grade, known crime girl, also megalomaniacal, power-hungry demon summoner who wants to end the world and bring yep. about a fiery cataclysm known as the fire at Marianne's house. Sorry, her name is the Sea Swallow. We keep saying Sea Sparrow. Sea Swallow. Sea Swallow. So Ryu mm-hmm. travels to Peru, fights his way through the Barbarian. Right. Bomberhead. Yeah. Mammoth. The Basakwar. The Basakwar. Yeah. The Basakwar was the scariest one. Yeah, very scary. All real villains in the game. Mm-hmm. Eventually takes down Mouth, mm-hmm. thus avenging his father's death 13 years earlier. Right. But in the process, it finds out... His father is alive. His father is alive. Mm-hmm. And he is the mass demon. The mass demon. The mass devil. Mass devil. Saves his father. Right. All standard stuff. The demon is awoken. Mm-hmm. Destroys the statues. Demon is sucked into a black hole. Mm-hmm. Ryu escapes. Mm-hmm. His father sacrifices himself to allow Ryu to escape. Mm-hmm. But then, Jack, Mm-mm. in a last-minute twist, yeah, right at the end of this novel. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And A.L. Singer. Mm-hmm. Another voice suddenly crackled through the air. Come in, see, Sparrow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Come in, see, Swallow. <laughs> Ryu spun around and faced the girl. The voice was coming from her shirt pocket. With a look of embarrassment, she took a calculator-sized object from her pocket. This is Sea Swallow. <laughs> she answered into it. A satellite has detected an explosion in your area. Yes, sir. The girl responded. The temple is destroyed. Excellent. Congratulations. Did the Hayabasa boy survive? The girl looked nervous. Yes, he did, <laughs> sir. She stuttered. Hi. We have one more task for you, Sea Swallow. And then you can come home. What's that, sir? Take the statues and kill Hayabasa. <gasps> what? The CIA were the bad guys the whole time, Baby Nation. This is like biting, oh, sorry, Ninja Nation. Yeah. This is like biting social criticism. Yeah. Don't you think? The deep state? Yeah, it's the deep state. <laughs> oh. oh, AL. <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? Wow. AL singer? And then, so I guess I, I you took my burn, but there's I, I just realized that there's another burn. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Rio gets on the mic and he's like, Foster, fuck you. Yeah. You're the deep state. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the CIA. Right. Fuck the police. Sea Swallow! Foster shouted. I command you to obey me! Rio's eyes locked with Sea Swallows. Can I just say Shannon Kilborn? You can just say Shannon. It's yeah. easier because for the audience who's followed us from the BSCC podcast and the, the Little Sister Little episodes right. to this Worlds of Power, Worlds of Power Club? Club. Yeah. yeah. Rio's eyes locked with Shannon's. Mm hmm. They stood that way for a moment, letting Foster bellow. Finally, Shannon took the communicator. Foster, she said, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And then she hurled it into the ocean. Yeah. 
Did she? Yeah. I think in the... This is a spoiler for the game. I think in the game, they kiss at this point. She kisses a 13-year-old boy? Well, that's the thing. We're not going to dwell on that. Tanner, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Did you this week have a... (gasps) Yeah, should we find a different way of saying it? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Ninja's Tears? Ooh, Ninja's Tears is kind of nice. Okay. Yeah. Tanner... Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Did yep. you this week cry any... <gasps> Ninja's Tears! Did you? No. Oh, I did. Oh, did you? Can I read you a passage? Yeah. This is a moment, and only Loran just can tell a tale like this, can wrap you up in his web of words and get you to a moment like this. We thought that Ryu's father, Ken have been dead nigh these 13 years. The only thing that Ryu had to know that his father ever even existed, he'd never met him, was a note that he had left his mother, which contained a poem. And the dragon blade, but yeah. Oh, yeah, and the dragon sword. Yeah. He also a dragon sword, yeah. possibly more important. But Ken left for his son. The only trace of himself that he left was a poem that his son has carried with him nigh these 13 years. And here he is thinking that his father, for a moment, thinking that his father had been alive and then being forced to kill him. Yeah, well, and the letter was part of Plan F, too. It wasn't that heartfelt. We're not going to probably... Probably don't have time to get into Plan F. Right. The moment after Ryu symbolically and literally kills his father to save the world... Mm -hmm. The following thing happens. And this is my ninja tears. Mm. Out of the blackness, a person pulled himself into the light of the hallway. It was a man. Is there, I hope that there is an 8-bit. Yeah, we'll find it. Sad song playing in the background. We'll find it. Out of the blackness, a person pulled himself into the light of the hallway. It was a man, thin and ragged looking. His hair was shoulder length and sweat soaked. His face unshaven. But when he looked at Ryu, his eyes blazed with a fierce intelligence and a tenderness that could not have belonged to a total stranger. Ryu had not felt anyone look at him, see him, as deeply as this man did. He seemed to be sizing Ryu up, counting the years. Ryu tried to say something, but the words choked in his throat. He swallowed and tried again. Are you my... That was all he could get out. The man slowly nodded. Ryu sank to his knees. He returned the man's deep gaze. He saw the pride that burned within, the grief that spilled from his eyes and spread lines of sadness down his face. Sadness over the lost years. Sadness over having missed his son's life. You've come for me, Ryu, Dr. Ken Hayabusa said. With a grimace, Dr. Hayabusa picked himself up to a kneeling position. A smile struggled across his lips, and the lines of sadness suddenly etched his face with profound joy. Slowly, gently, he opened his arms. Ryu hesitated. The years of expectation, the violent journey had steeled him. He felt incapable of emotion. Ryu, his father said, when you were a tiny child... I used to recite a poem to you. He laughed. Of course, you wouldn't remember it. And when you're lost, my dearest son, Ryu said, his voice beginning to crack, when joy becomes despair, 
Dr. Hayabusa finished for him. I'll send a star of deepest gold to let you know I'm there. Now, what was the star of deepest gold? I don't know. It never really comes they didn't up. Get really, they yeah. didn't really get into that. They don't get into it. Huh. Oh, what a good novel. Tanner, do you have anything else you'd like to discuss in relation to this novel, The Babysitter's Club, The Little Sister series, the quality of the hints for beating bosses in this book that Pete Loran just gives us? Now, do you think this is a wink at the end? Yeah, let's hear it. With a whoop of triumph that carried across the plain, Ryu raced down to his father. Oh, Dr. Hayabusa lives. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hayabusa reared back his head and howled with delight. Atop the hill, Shannon Kilboard was crying. The Hayabusa family was complete again. For Ryu, a new life had begun. Two new lives. You think that's a little wink? Like, Like, two lives... Oh, because you're not just Ryu, like you're also... a game. Oh. Yeah. Two new lives. Like you, yeah. Like a one-up. very clever. You think that's what Seth and Pete were doing? Well, I just thought it was two new lives because it's Ryu, but it's also probably Christy. Right? Oh. Huh. Two lives is one. Right. The dark statue and the bright statue. Right. Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. To beat Bloody Mouth, Jack, get right next to him. Mm-hmm. And start throwing your small star. And yeah. then it says in parentheticals here, don't stop. Yeah. When you run out of stars, run up and use your sword. I guess that'll probably work. I remember you have to get close to him because there's this like bridge you have to jump over. But yeah, that sounds about right. Well, so Pete. Pete, it, there's good hints. Yeah, good hints, Pete. Good hints, Pete. Thank you for this. Thank Baby you Nation, for... if you're looking for hints Ninja on how Nation. to beat Ninja Nation. God. Ninja Nation, if you're looking for hints on how to beat the 1989 game Ninja Gaiden... I've got two books to recommend to you. first book I would recommend absolutely yeah. is Jeff Rovin's How to Win at Nintendo Games, Volume 1. Okay. That really is very comprehensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to recommend um, James Joyce's Finnegan's, Finnegan's Wake. Wake. Yeah, yeah. A lot there's of a, good tips in there's there. There's a lot in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's references to cultures and languages throughout time, yep. and also some really, really good hints. For all three how to Ninja beat, Gaiden games, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to yeah. beat some of the harder bosses in all those games. Yep. Probably Ninja Gaiden 1 is probably the hardest, so that's the one that you need to really worry about. So and you probably want to get Finnegan's Wake and Worlds of Power number 3, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, and Jeff Rovin's How to Win at Nintendo Games. Obviously. Volume 1. Get Volume 2 as well. It's a classic. It's the green one. Can't go wrong. Best Nintendo tips out there. Yep. Tanner. Jack. Should we... What do, you, what do we do? Should we go? I guess. Yeah. Pete, thanks for this treat. Yeah, this is wonderful. Sweet Pete treat. Baby Nation, this week I have been, I've been Jack, Jack Shepard. Yeah, and I'm Tanner Greenring as always. Uh, This week we read a book called Ninja Gaiden. (laughs) Worlds of Power, number three, Ninja Gaiden. Created by FX9, written by A.L. Singer, a.k.a. J.D. Salinger. Yep. A.k.a. Peter Larangis. Yep. Next time we... Do a WOPC or Worlds of Power Club yep. podcast. Yeah. We will be reading. Tanner, take us away. I we could be reading um Wizards and Warriors okay. or Mega Man 2, both penned by Ellen Miles. <laughs> How did Ellen Miles get it on the action? Or Infiltrated or Bases Loaded 2, second season, both penned by A.L. Singer. Oh goodness. 
or Master Blaster, also by A.L. Singer. Wow. So, so look forward to that, Baby Nation. I mean, Ninja Nation. Let me read this passage from the, the Wikipedia page. Okay. Godin approached Larangis when the project began and asked Larangis to be a writer for the project. Larangis, who admitted a lack of skill in playing video games, took the offer. Larangis wrote each book in about four weeks. <laughs> Amazing. What a talent. Okay, that's it. Baby Nation, I've been Jack Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greening. To beat Jaquio, use the art of the firewheel and shoot him once. Run to the left and shoot again. Then <gasps> run to the right and repeat. Godin said okay, great, that he awesome. would have liked to novelize the game. Missed. Well, there you have a it. A personal computer game into a book. Wheels within wheels. Almost worth totally ruining my sign-off. Now I don't have one. Good night. Good night. Amazing, he called out. I found some kind of ancient grave marker, Randolph. He walked across the clearing, looking around. Randolph? Where did you go? Greek. Oh, Claudia's closet. I just thought it was a, a pretty hilarious time yeah. to insert a Claudia's closet. That's a weird time, Pete. Yeah, but I love it. That was a HeadGum Podcast.